0: Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more, ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more, got each other on our side, plus all the folks at FRIED, the burnout podcast, with Kate Donovan. FRIED, the burnout podcast.
1: Hi, FRIED friends, it's Sarah, I'm back. Well, I haven't exactly been gone because I've been in the background coaching and leading group programs, and I've done some episodes with Kate, but it's my first Straight From Sarah episode since the fall of 2022. Why did I take a break from making these episodes? A lot has been going on in my life, and I didn't have the capacity to also do podcast episodes. So let's travel back to September of 2022 and find out. Heads up, this story isn't just about me. It's also for you if you identify as a people pleaser. Here we go. Imagine the scene. I'm home in Colorado with COVID for the second time. It's not awful, but I do not feel well. I have lots of time with myself to think and feel. Alongside my burnout recovery, I'm also struggling with my romantic relationship. My number one love language is touch and my partner is not a toucher. I love deep emotional conversations, and my partner is not in touch with his feelings. We've been in therapy for a few months, and it's not really creating any beneficial changes. Despite him saying that he's happy and wants to make it work, I continue to explain what I need from him, hope for the best, and believe that he's right, and that we're meant to be, and that it will get better, even though my insides are miserable. So let's back up a couple weeks. Just before getting COVID, I had taken a quick trip back to Minnesota for my sister's surprise 40th birthday party. I had had a blast and then cried my eyes out when I left, like I usually did when saying goodbye to my sister's kids. Being an auntie has been surprisingly fulfilling and more important to me than I ever thought possible. And I'd been torn about living far away from them for years. So back to Colorado. it's something like day 10 of COVID and I'm still testing positive. So I can't go back to work at the restaurant. It was nice out. And we had just gotten a hammock for the backyard. So I grabbed a book to read while laying out in the sun with my kitty, Sasha, I happened to grab Brene Brown's Daring greatly, which I hadn't read before. And as I'm reading her points and connecting them to my life, It's like a light bulb went off and I gained the clarity and the courage to do what I'd been scared of and contemplating literally for years, which was to put my own personal and relationship needs ahead of my partners and start believing what my insides were telling me with all that misery and leave the relationship and move back to Minnesota to be with my family. I knew in that moment that it was my truest truth. It was like I went through one of those green tubes in Super Mario Brothers where You know, it's a portal to a different reality. And this one was a reality where I give myself permission to have what I want and that my needs matter just as much as everyone else's. So when my partner got home from work that day, we both put on masks and sat across from each other on the couch. And I courageously told him that I was ready to move back to Minnesota and would be doing it on my own. Unfortunately, he did not take it well. He immediately hurled insults and anger my way. And for the first time ever, and mind you, this was not his, the way he communicated with me before, but often in emotional situations, I would take it and downward spiral with shame. Anytime I was having an emotional conversation with someone and, and feeling misunderstood and believing they were right and I was wrong. So instead I said, you're being mean. And if you can't talk calmly with me about this, I'm leaving. And he couldn't. So I left. Holy boundary, Batman. This was another first. My practice with communication and boundary setting that I had been doing in other areas of my life as a part of my burnout recovery showed up for me as my immediate reaction in this situation and helped me protect myself. Oh my gosh, I was so, so proud of myself. Then what happened? I spent a couple more days recovering from COVID until I regained strength to go back to work and finish my two weeks. And also pack up all my things, and also drive to Minnesota with Sasha, meowing in terror the entire way. <laughs> so relaxing. Before this move happened, I thought I had already recovered from burnout. But once the dust settled and all of the initial moves were made, I realized that going through that permission portal was one of the most important moments in my recovery process. When Brene Brown encouraged me, and I gave myself permission to be an equally weighted part of the whole equation of my life. Everything changed. When I took those steps towards giving myself a life in Minnesota with my family, with the potential to find a romantic partner that is a better fit for me, even more magic transpired. I got clear that I was ready to be an acupuncturist again. This was also huge for me because when I was at peak burnout, I felt like I couldn't hold space for people anymore as a healer or a teacher. And I had to let go of doing it completely even the idea of doing it in order to remove that weight of the pressure to do what i couldn't do in order to recharge my batteries i didn't know if i would ever come back to it and that was really scary even though it was very relieving as well at the time i didn't know it then but i had to learn who i was when i wasn't teaching or treating people and that i had value as a human being even when i wasn't helping This is why I was working at the restaurant when I got COVID. I was ready to work, but not ready to hold space for people yet. But the joke was on me because as a server, I ended up using so many of the same kinds of skills that I did as as a healer. And it helped me realize that I was actually ready to serve again, this time as a healer. And it proved to me that my physical body was capable of hard work again. So for those of you that are struggling to let yourself do something different while you're in recovery, know that for me, doing the whatever job for a little while was a very useful step in my recovery process and temporary, six months. So you may want to give yourself permission to consider that an option for you too. Back to the story. Another amazing thing happened. Even though I had just changed most of my life, I also created and launched with Kate's help, the first ever group coaching program here at Fried within one month of moving back to Minnesota. When I chose myself, it immediately uncorked a backlog of energy that wasn't moving because it wasn't meant to flow in my old life in Colorado. But the whole thing just flowed right out of me as soon as I was growing my roots in Minnesota where I was meant to be. It was remarkable to witness and felt so good to be flowing and creating again. Why am I telling you this story from over a year ago? Because over the past year, while leading four rounds of people through the burnout recovery program process, I've seen the fear in people's eyes when they consider giving themselves permission to recognize their needs and get them met. And I see the same deer in headlights look when trying to answer the question, what do you want in this life? So let's try it right now. If you're in a space to sit quietly with yourself for a minute. And consider the answer to these two questions. What do you really want right now that you think you can't have? And what do you need that if you had it, the fulfillment would change the course of your life? Go ahead and hit pause, see what comes up. Welcome back. Why is this important? As you may have just felt, Asking yourself what you need and want can be really confronting, especially if it's something you haven't done much of before. But it's important because what you find when you go there leads you not just to your needs and wants, but to your core wounds, your coping mechanisms, and ultimately your healing path. When you recognize all of the moments that you've abandoned yourself in order to work more or help someone else instead of yourself, you are telling yourself that your needs are not as important as everyone else's. And as you grieve the pain of that, you can start to shift that behavior and put yourself back into the equation of your life so that at least some of your energy output comes back to you because you need that in order to recharge your batteries and recover from burnout. Not doing this is a side effect of someone who's been living their life, making sure that everyone around them is okay and not paying much attention to whether or not they are okay. This goes on and on until you're fried to a crisp and just can't do it anymore If this is you, congratulations, you're ready to start including yourself in the equation of your life. It sucks to be so exhausted, but it's a great place to change this particular habit because it's often harder to change it when you still have some energy left to give. This is just another argument to support that one cannot prevent themselves from burning out when the unconscious coping mechanisms relate to this kind of codependency running the show. When I was 19, my fairy godmother asked me what I wanted in life. And I was like, what? Nothing. Who me? Nothing? I don't need anything. I was terrified of even considering my needs. I tried with her encouragement and dreamt into my future and practiced letting myself have it. And I did, but only to a degree. Only when I was involved. So looking back, I can see that I followed a thread from my soul around the country to learn and then teach acupuncture, massage, and acro yoga. And those things were for me. And I know that I was answering my calling. And while I was doing that for me, when it came to my relationships with others, romantic and professional, my inner child and her anxious attachment wounds were in the driver's seat. And she kept taking the painful path of self-abandonment, which looked like me staying in romantic relationships with people who couldn't meet me, doing what they wanted to do for fun and for dinner. And with my clients, I would constantly give up my lunch breaks or stay in the office later when they couldn't come during my available hours. Or I would give them massages, even though I would be in pain after. I thought I was being kind and generous, and I didn't know how much I was depleting myself until I couldn't keep going. So once I realized what I was doing and started trying to identify my own needs and meeting them, I felt so high maintenance, like a huge burden, asking for what I needed when my needs involved another person. I was so scared to ask, but eventually with self-reflection, I realized that I had emotional needs as a kid that weren't met by my parents because they didn't have the skills to meet their own emotional needs. They weren't taught. So when I was upset and needing support and asking for it and not getting it, eventually I stopped asking because I was scared of being misunderstood and, was often told to just stop crying over and over again, without comfort, without my needs being identified and met. So my unconscious coping mechanism was to stop trying to get my needs met, I just stopped asking. And instead, I decided to take care of everyone else's emotional and physical needs, so that they didn't have to feel like what I did as a kid. Um, Can anyone else relate? In order to help my inner child get her emotional needs met i needed my wise adult self to be there for my inner sad scared little sarah and show her that i could be there for her that i was listening and willing to do whatever it took to get her needs met doing this built trust with her and through that trust building process with myself i've created a sense of internal safety that has been a huge part of my of healing my nervous system kate has talked about foundational self-care being about peeing when you have to pee eating when you're hungry, and resting when you're tired. This is the next level of honoring your feelings. This is the next level of foundational self-care, which is to honor your feelings when you feel sad, hopeless, rejected, resentful, etc. And actually letting yourself feel those feelings all the way so they come up and out of your body to be released, but also so you can get in touch with what it is that you need in that moment. And you might have to ask yourself a couple times because just like when my fairy godmother asked me, my first response was, what? I don't have any needs. I don't need anything. I'm good. I'm good. I'm great. Right? And so when you ask your body, what do you need? Likely your body's first responses might be nothing. I'm fine. I don't need anything. But we both know that that isn't true because you are here right now listening to this podcast. What does this look like in real life besides these examples that I've given you? It might look like you're at work, your boss asks you to take on another project and even though you're already drowning in work, you say yes because your inner child says to you, don't say no or they'll be mad at us and we won't get any praise or love. So you say yes, even though that means you will suffer more exhaustion, deepen your resentment for this job and continue to feel like you have no choice but to work and work harder because bills. Or on the way to drop your kids at sports practice, a fellow parent calls you, They're running the next bake sale so your kids can have a new library. And they ask you, how many brownies can you make by tomorrow night? And as she asks you this, you reflexively say, how about 200? Because you're stoked on helping out the kids in any way that you can. But after you hang up, you realize that the only possible time you could bake that many brownies is tonight, after you put the kids to bed, after you finish that work from that extra project you agreed to, sometime around 3 a.m., which means you'll sleep for two hours because you also need to fulfill your New Year's resolution to work out at 6 a.m. before anyone gets up. Rather than just call that parent back and admit that you made a mistake and you can't actually provide any baked goods, you push yourself to do it anyway. Probably you'll just stop at the store on your way to drop off because store-bought is better than nothing, right? And the the kids need books more than you need sleep, right? And you wouldn't want to be one of those parents who don't contribute. (sighs) And now you feel guilty on top of exhausted and overwhelmed because what would your mother say if she knew you were even considering not making them from scratch? Ah! Or maybe every time your partner asks you where you want to go to eat dinner or what movie you want to watch, you just say, you pick, I'll be fine. And what you mean is, I'll be fine if you're fine. Likely you've been there in some version of this hell where you know you absolutely do not have it in you to do the, the thing presented to you. And yet you watch yourself saying yes or whatever you want over and over again. Why are we doing this to ourselves? These people-pleasing coping mechanisms are your inner child's attempt at safety when they didn't feel safe as a kid. They become your ML, they run your life, and they work until the consistent putting everyone else first drains your batteries enough that you crash and burn. This is why we don't shame you for having them or blame you for the choices you've been making over the course of your life. It's the only way your little self knew how to feel safe for a very long time. And they were useful until they weren't. And they were unconsciously driving your choices until now that you are recognizing this pattern and it's becoming conscious. So now you understand the role they have played in the big picture of your life. But now that you know, it's your opportunity to heal your core wounds, reparent your inner child and adopt new ways to cope with life that actually serve you and your little one moving forward. So how do you heal? Like I mentioned earlier, you can catch yourself when you're having a need by noticing when you're feeling upset. You can feel that feeling, letting it come up and out in tears or words or sounds by moving your body Or a combination of all these things ask yourself what you need to feel safe what you need in the situation or the relationship in order to feel better give yourself what you can if you need something from someone else you can take time to craft a clear and concise request to share with them no matter what the need actually is take pause to feel your feelings and validate them show yourself compassion for this very uncomfortable process that you're going through And comfort yourself however you need in the moment by wrapping your arms around yourself and giving yourself a big hug or cuddling up under a blanket with some hot tea or calling a trusted friend or snuggling with your pet or hopefully your secure partner. One of my coaching clients looks at a picture of herself when she was a little girl and her adult self immediately feels so much compassion for what that little girl went through and it comforts her adult self too. If you're resonating with my story, but are overwhelmed with what to do, this is where a therapist might be the best support. If you don't have one, seek one out that is trauma-informed, educated about burnout, codependency, and attachment styles, because likely these are all involved. If you're up for this process, and maybe you're already practicing meeting your own needs, consider checking out the next group that I'm running. It starts the last week in February 2024, In that group, we will work on building trust and safety within your body by giving yourself permission to honor your need to receive in order to recharge your batteries and so much more. If you want to see all the details, go to bit.ly forward slash on Friday or check the show notes for that link. I hope to see you in the group in February. Otherwise, you'll definitely catch me here on Friday more regularly now that I'm back. But in the meantime, please be nice to your inner child, They definitely need some love and support right now as you go through this burnout recovery process. And if you need it, I give you full permission until next time. I'm sending you so much love. Take care.
0: Ain't going to burn ourselves out no more. Ain't going to burn ourselves out no more. Got each other on our side. Plus all the folks at fried the burnout podcast with Kate Donovan.